Welcome back to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. This time we're talking about The Flash, Season 3, Episode 6, Shade. Um, I'm a little disappointed in some of this episode. Well, actually, there's there's kind of a lot uh, I'm disappointed about. So let's go over the plot lines. There's the Caitlin plot line, the Wally plot line, uh, a little bit of an HR plot line, uh, and the Shade plot line. Okay. Um, oh, also, you know, there's another one with Joe and that district attorney that he's, that they're doing Will They Won't They with, uh, and as you know, I find that incredibly annoying. Uh, I, I don't see the point in introducing a character to go, Will They Won't They Will They Won't They, especially if the answer is Won't They, it just, it, it, it doesn't really help, um, it's, that sort of thing just tends to be not terribly well written and it doesn't help with character growth. Uh, and it's, it's sort of doing the same thing here, uh, with Joe. We're not, we're not seeing his character grow. There's some hints that he's like, well, he's got to choose between how devoted he is to his family and whether he wants to have some time to himself. And it's like, well, you know, uh, Barry is the Flash and has a day job and, uh, also dates Iris. So it, it seems like Joe might be able to date the district attorney. Anywho, uh, so the big plot line this time is Wally. Uh, Wally is having memories, or dream memories, of his time as Kid Flash, and he is being called by Dr. Alchemy. So everybody's sort of trying to team up to, to stop this, and they actually uh, lock him in the pipeline for a while, and the dream visions hurt. I'm not sure whether Alchemy is causing that or whether it's just because, but he, uh, he seems to be having the, the pain of being stabbed in the kidney with a pipe as the rival did in Flashpoint. And also he's got some like headache stuff from Dr. Alchemy calling him. And there, there seems to be uh, a, a somewhat of a mind control component uh, as he does try to deck his sister when she lets him out of the pipeline um, because he was in so much pain and now it appears to be over. Uh, so that's, that's what's happening there. Um, so yeah, this is actually a, a chance for me to just sort of skip to the end of the episode and <laughs> talk about this. Uh, so they finally decide that, uh, based on Wally's suggestion that they're going to have to catch Dr. Alchemy and the only way they could do it is to let Wally lead, uh, everybody to him and he leads a SWAT team and his dad and the Flash, uh, down into the sewers where Dr. Alchemy has set up a weird sort of ritual chamber. Um... I would honestly love to see, like, a three to five episode arc, uh, maybe after they, I don't know how they're going to top Crisis, but maybe the next, um, the next thing they can do is some sort of weird, like, uh, Alan Moore-esque, here's uh, all the architects of these cities and why there appear to be ritual chambers in strange places in just about all of them. I, I'd just love to see a few episodes of Discovery on that, and I'm not going to get it, but, you know, it'd be fun, I think, if they did do it. Okay, so he takes him down to the ritual chamber. Dr. Alchemy offers him his speed. Dr. Alchemy also has cultists uh, carrying, as they do, a weird curvy knives, because that's what you do if you're in a hood and there's a ritual, um, unless it's eyes wide shut, which is a different sort of ritual, uh, and, you know, uh, not something that we're going to see in the DCU, likely. Uh, so Wally says, uh, I really just want you to be gone, which is the Flash's skew to come in and start knocking out people and punching them, and Wally's wrestling with somebody. And Dr. Alchemy is just, like, uh, he he's clowning the Flash at this point. He just keeps zapping Barry's chest emblem with the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, 
Um, and, you know, it's interesting because in the comics, like, Dr. Alchemy, like, was a super dangerous opponent because the Philosopher's Stone could turn any substance into any other substance. So I'm somewhat surprised that he's just zapping the Flash as opposed to, say, turning the Flash into glass or something along those lines. But he's just zapping the Flash. And uh, while he's zapping the Flash, Joe comes in and blasts him from the side. The Philosopher's Stone falls out of his hands. Uh, you know, he, you know, they put him on his knees, hands behind his head, and he's like, you don't, this was a mistake, and you don't know what's coming, and uh, Wally is enticed to pick up the Philosopher's Stone anyway, and a giant cocoon forms around him, and we assume that he's, he's gonna become Kid Flash. Uh, what does happen is that we see, uh, white lightning, uh, just some blurs of white lightning, indicating some other sort of speedster, and it turns out that, yes, there is another speedster who calls himself Savitar, the god of speed, who looks a little bit like Ultron, like seven, eight foot tall Ultron. He's got, you know, like weird silver armor on and his eyes glow red and he can make a little claw pop from his hand, uh, like, uh, you know, the guy who's the best there is at what he does, but what he does ain't pretty. Uh, and he looks like he's about to stab the Flash, and of course I want to <laughs> commend the writers of the Flash for once again, third year in a row, making a speedster the big bad. At least it seems like a speedster is going to be the big bad. Now, I vaguely remember Savitar from the comics. I haven't done any research on it. I, I might do a quick wiki later on, which is what, you know, I call research for this show, is just wikiing what's going on. Um... But I remember Savitar was kind of a big thing in the comics. Uh, it's it's just that, you know, we've had... It's the third year of Speedsters. Uh, where's Gorilla Grodd? Where's, like, all of the rogues working together? Where's where's any of this? We don't we don't get that. We just get Speedsters. So that's, that's the main plotline. That's the Wally plotline. Um, the Joe and the District Attorney plotline is that he... They basically, they're going to go see a movie in the park. Uh, the movie turns out to be The Shining. Joe is trying to get a bunch of people to go, so it doesn't necessarily seem like a date date, but it's a group of friends hanging out. Uh, everybody, most people have to take care of Wally, but uh, Cisco and uh, Caitlin accompany him to the park along with HR, who, and his plotline is just this. He wants, he basically wants to be the face of the company, or the face of uh, Star Labs Museum. They tell him... Uh, he can't because um, Harrison Wells on this earth is a wanted murderer, and he has a little pen-like item that basically allows him to look like someone else, and it also uh, allows other people to see through the disguise if he zaps them with it. It's very strange. So they're all out at the park, and HR is pretty much uh, trying to put the moves on the district attorney. Uh, and then the movie starts, and then Shade shows up, uh, who I who I barely mentioned up until now. But that's that's the Joe and the District Attorney plotline. There's not much going on there. It really looks like it's going to be a thing where it just doesn't work out, which is a shame because again, why bother to introduce the character? Why bother to do any of this if it's not going to go anywhere? Just you know, sort of fizzle. Um, you know, and that happens in a bunch of TV shows for a variety of reasons. But what have you? Okay, so uh, the Caitlyn plotline, Caitlyn, of course, is still becoming Killer Frost, and for some reason this means automatically becoming evil. Uh, I've talked before about how much I don't like that. Uh, like, I, I don't see why she can't get the powers and just stay Caitlyn. I don't know why the powers have to make her evil. That has not been well explained. It just seems that since alternate 
Caitlyn, who had the powers, was evil. Uh, Earth-1, Caitlyn, when she gets the powers, must be evil. Cisco does vibe a scene of them fighting, uh, but, you know, that could be anything. Uh, good guys fight for a lot of reasons, and it doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to be evil, but unfortunately she probably is. Uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll do a quick reform arc or something after she becomes evil where they calm her down and the powers aren't unbalancing her mind or whatever it is they're supposed to do. Um... And, and this, the big thing is that she comes out to everybody that she's had these powers. Uh, Barry actually apologizes to her because he's like, you know, uh, you're getting these because when I changed the timeline, um, there were side effects and this is one of them. And you probably wouldn't have had powers if I hadn't gone back in time to save my mom. So that's Caitlin's plotline. I, I will say that they introduce a pair of power negating uh, cuffs. Uh, that Caitlyn is using frequently because, as her mom said, the more you use the powers, the harder it's going to be to turn them off. Um, but, of course, they only have the one pair, and Barry frequently needs them to combat metahumans, such as the Shade. Now, or Shade. Here's why I'm disappointed in Shade. Uh, Shade, I think, originally, I could be wrong, Shade started off as a Jay Garrick villain, so he was originally um, a First Flash villain, uh, but Shade was a major character in uh, James Robinson's run on Starman, and he was a really good character. Like, he ended up turning out to be an anti-hero. He had a lot of interesting backstory. There was a ton of interesting stuff they did with Shade. And what we got here in The Flash, uh, because that was not the Shade they wanted to use, was just this guy who turned into a giant shadow and kind of strangled people or fought them. Um, so it was really kind of boring. I'm not sure why they named an episode after him unless he's going to become more important later on, but it doesn't seem like it. Uh, what I really wanted was the shade with Top Hat and Kane and sort of being witty and elegant, and I'm, I'm not getting that instead. I'm just getting a uh, giant shadow monster, um, punch punch, choke choke. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's essentially, um, I would say, lame obsidian. Uh, actually, you know, let me go back on that because that's ableist. Uh, that would be uh, shitty obsidian um, from uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And by the way, I didn't mention on Legends of Tomorrow that obsidian was played by Lance Heinrichsen. So, I mean, way to go. Getting your, getting your guest stars, Arrowverse, Dolph Lundgren and Lance Heinrichsen uh, doing some parts. That's pretty cool. Um yeah, so Shade gets locked up and we don't ever see him again. It, it, it's really, he's he's in literally something like two scenes, three if you count the one where they watch the recording of him uh, killing the investment advisor slash hedge fund guy. I don't know. It's also never explained why he does that. He just sort of does it. And it was really, again, it was just really boring and dumb. It's like, we're going to name this episode after this guy and he's going to show up and he's going to murder someone and then show up and fight the Flash and we don't know whether he's an alchemy uh power or whether he's or an alchemy meta or uh whether he's a, a dark matter meta and it doesn't matter <laughs> sorry uh because they don't use him well at all um speaking of which it, it appears that given the context of the dr alchemy savitar scene to return for that to that for just a second that dr alchemy might be trying to create these metas in order to stop savitar but as we all know, the only way to stop a speedster is to get the Flash to become fast enough to stop that particular speedster, uh, at least going by the last two seasons of this show. 
Um, anyway, that is uh, the all I really need to say, I think, about that episode. So this is the end of another episode of Arrow, chapter and verse. And as always, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're having a good day, and I will see you next time.